Alright, Bismillah. Good thing that. You're welcome. Alright folks, so um hope everyone's doing good and um I hope that today we cover more than we did last week. I had this massive intention that we'd cover loads of pages and we covered exactly two. So this is take two then. Uh, take two of actually finishing this sub-section. Uh, um, before I uh, do, I was asked to um, speak about this video which is uh, being uh, thingy. Uh, uh, what's it called? This video which has um, been recorded and uh, qu quoting uh, my... Uh, uh, Al-Maghrib video that's taken from Protect This House about women obeying husbands and this and that. And uh, what I was going to say is that um, you know what's um, I think important? I think it's important because obviously um, the issue of people uh, and how they consume kind of material and they study their deen or they entertain themselves you know has has um, has changed and obviously developed into whatever it is right now and it's a crazy kind of situation and you have people who you know professional kind of podcasters and professional kind of youtubers where that is their kind of their life Right? It's their job and so therefore they spend all of their time kind of uh, you know, preparing for that and revising for that. Now, what I find uh, important for Muslims to remember, because that means that just adds to the extra material which is out there, that it's very important for us to be able to develop filtration to uh, make sure that we don't waste our time. All right? There's always benefit in everything. It's impossible to say that that's a complete waste of time. That's just, a, that's just exaggerated, exaggerated speech. We say it's a complete waste of time. Nothing is a complete waste of time. But what we have to try to assess is what is, a, on the whole, a waste of our time. Especially when time is not just so valuable, but it's a, a, a commodity that we're going to be held accountable for. Yeah, a commodity that we're going to be held accountable for. Now... That doesn't mean that time has to always be spent in worship or time has to be always spent in something productive. Uh, the two are separate. They can be the same, right? But they, they, they can exist separately as well. Something can be productive without being worship per se. Um, but, but either of these two things are not something that has to happen all the time. You are allowed to have downtime. You are allowed to have sleep, for example. You are allowed to have some fun in which there is zero uh, uh, objective behind that time, except literally to do nothing, to have fun and so on. So, of course, there will be moments in which you've got to make your own decision. What is it that you find the best value out of your downtime, for example? Um, uh, are you able to make your downtime, for example, something which fulfills another uh, objective, worship or whatever? Could you be that person, for example, that never needs to read or watch a video or see or go out because they're able to feel the same result of that holiday or going out or feeling from being with their family for example being with their kids for example 
that would be a very lucky person because people want to break from that environment as well. And the reason I'm, I'm going into this detail is because um, there are a lot of options now for people to use their time. And I sent this video, it's half an hour, so half an hour. First thing, obviously you do, first thing you do when you get a video is you look at the length of the time. I said to the person who sent to me, I said, I need the 20 second version, that's all. Right? Yeah, I, I just, I don't have 29 minutes. I don't have, like, you know, there are people, we work. <laughs> me, I take the biggest liberties ever, holidays after holidays after holidays, and then when you come back, you've got to pay for it, right? And so you have to work then more hours, extra hours, and, and so uh, people have families, people have studies, people have whatever, whatnot. And so you've got to make a decision on what to do. One of the things that I want you to remember, and this is why it's not important what the, the content, who's right, who's wrong, this, that, whatever, and even I don't even want to say whether... Uh, whether when there's a genre out there where people are just looking to create content because if you don't keep up regular content then the algorithms and, and the stats yeah, and it basically go down and then your your monetary kind of uh, uh, ads and whatever whatnot goes down I don't even I don't even get into that okay I just want you to know that there are many uneducated people out there asinine folks that are doing kind of uh, content that you need to be protecting yourself from because that is very rare that it's going to give you any benefit, right? Especially those that are, are uneducated or those that, as I said, asinine. Yeah? And you think that they know, but they uh, don't. But I want to give you another metric, which is important. Another metric that maybe will help specify without trying to make things personal because there will always be, whatever happens, people will always feel personally, uh, what's the word? Uh, biased, yeah, biased against someone that's saying something against you. So what we need, so I can't be saying, you know, don't listen to X, don't listen to Y, because that's, of course I'm going to say that, because, you know, I have a grudge. So you need to try to find objective things to look for that you can't argue with. One of these things is when somebody is not involved in their community, all right? And when I say not involved in their community, I don't mean as some kind of hero or some kind of dower worker or whatever, but someone who does not exist in their community. Someone who has no presence in the masjid. Someone who has no presence in the lives of those people who are dependent upon them outside of their immediate family or their basement or their room. People who are not known for their salah or they're not known for their ilm or they're not known for whatever. Literally, a Muslim that is just spending their entire time just doing this kind of thing is someone that should not be listened to. Someone that should be ignored and avoided regardless of what they're saying, regardless of what they're doing. These are people whose intentions are incredibly problematic. All right? And they will portray a way of life and a way of practicing Islam that they don't believe in themselves. That's why the, the situation is very dangerous. It's not a matter of kufr or... Uh, whatever, it's a matter of nifaq, all right? And that's a very serious um, and very uh, uh, unfortunate kind of uh, disease that can, that can develop in the heart and it then you can see, you can see that in people in their actions, in their presence, when you don't know them and, and you know. So I just want you to know that. And I'm not saying just this video or, or the other tens of videos yeah, that people record whether against me or against other people or whatever, this is standard. We were born for this behavior. Honestly, honestly, if you think that this kind of stuff is 
you know what stressed me out today? I'll tell you what stressed me out today, not this video. What stressed me out is that in the next few days, there's going to be at least three people that are going to pass away. I, but when I say pass away, they're going to need to be let... Uh, yeah, I mean, we have to actively let, let them pass away. All right? Each one legally different. Each one emotionally, socially different. Each one requiring a very detailed <clears throat> basis of law, of fiqh, to turn off the machine, to stop giving yani, eggs, to stop white, that will allow them to die in a deen that only celebrates life. And there are real people involved behind that, real families involved behind that, real yani, husbands and wives, as opposed to these folks who are creating this fake content yani, in the idea of what they're doing is trying to preserve husbands and wives. They're only preserving their own follower base, their own income stream. These are not people who are really members of the community. It's a, it's a, <laughs> I think these are the folks that talk about the matrix and whatever and whatnot. They genuinely have created that matrix, right? And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a worrying thing. And you spend, spend your time in a more judicious way. Spend your time, uh, um, spend your time in a way which is real, yani, that you can be held accountable by your community, not held accountable online. This is only going to get worse, of course, right? It's only going to get worse and going to get more because people have to distinguish themselves from the other yani, to build them, themselves again and again. This has happened to me regular throughout the last 10, 20 years. You'll see uh, whether it's this current guy or, or the current 10 other guys, there's that, that man, kid, whatever his name was. Yeah, uh, Each one, they need to go for a name or a person to then get their attention and then keep building brands. And so now you can imagine that people are seeing that this is a job now full-time occupation, there's definitely a huge audience because people are just, they're wanting entertainment. It's not about study or knowledge. You'd have to literally be out of your complete mind to think that this is a study or an Islamic pursuit, that we, and I should listen and study this kind of uh, video or this content or whatever. So it is more important than ever before for us to be able to put on our filtration and and... Uh, not be swayed by the utter ignorance of cretins, right? Like utter ignorance. It's like astonishing, actually. You know what made me most sad? I'll tell you this. Sheikh Walid Yani messaged me today. <laughs> Sheikh Walid, by the way, keeps me in check. If there's anything that he doesn't like, and he messages me straight away. He goes, what's this, what's that, right? He messaged me mm -hmm. today. He goes to me that I saw a video today, every one of it's 29 minutes. I said, you are kidding me. He goes, every single one of it's 29 minutes. And uh, he goes that I'm just so embarrassed and I'm just so, I just don't understand. Yani, how can ever anyone yani, fall to such a, a low level of education? How can someone pull on an act that they are a person of logic and rationale when they are clearly you know, just half-witted, Yanni, you know? And I just couldn't focus on any of what he was saying. I couldn't. Because the only thing that I could think of, certainly one of the leading scholars in the West, certainly someone who's so active, does so many things, passing so many fatawa, Yanni, getting involved and helping people at so many different levels, wasted 29 minutes on that trash. Can you imagine? 
can you imagine? That depressed me proper today. That, that was yani, the, the real kind of, I said to myself, you know what, uh, uh, this is how easy you can be sucked into that. I didn't even have 29 minutes today to actually waste. Maybe I would have been the same. If I actually had 29 minutes today, I would have possibly done it, right? So maybe, you know, so it's very, very, very important. Be careful about what you put in your, uh, uh, what you listen to, whatever. And everyone's going to claim that. Their, their, their side will also claim the same. That's the whole point that they will justify, you know, they're, they're releasing these videos and whatever. They would say that you've got to also be careful because we're deviants, this, that, whatever. And they're possibly true. So this is, I'm trying to say to you, therefore, that have objective criteria so that you at least are uncertainty. What are those criteria? When you have these people that you're sitting with and listening to, make sure you sit with others and listen to others. You only know your scholar and their knowledge by sitting with other scholars and their knowledge, and you're always comparing. You can't be sheep. You can't be sitting here just lapping everything up that I say. I'd be incredibly disappointing if that's who I'm creating, right? You've got to be critical thinkers, and you've got to be, so that's one way. Secondly, you've got to be following people that you know are practicing deen in all of its ways. Can't be any some nebulous figures that are X, Y, Z, blah, 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 people that can be held accountable, that can be seen, felt, touched, yani, questioned, refuted, loved, whatever it is, but real and accountable. These are as objective as it gets, yani. obviously the rest are, you know, reputation and people and what your heart feels and whatever else, that can be always yani, uh, twisted. But these two are as objective, objective as it gets. Object, objective as it gets. All right, that's enough on that. All right, uh, so we today will do uh, but down, Shaz. Today we will cover. Uh, well, one second, one second, one second. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna cover. Woman, you add your salah, biman yaqdiha. La la la. That doesn't make sense. Watasihu aywa. So the prayer is valid. Watasihu imamun tu walid zina waljundi ida salim dinuhuma. Woman, you add your salah, biman yaqdiha wa aksuhu la muftaridin bi mutanafilin. So bring it down. So today what we're covering is... Whoa, whoa, what's happening, Shaz? Uh, so it is, uh, it is valid, yani the prayer, is valid for an illegitimate child or a soldier to lead the prayer providing their religion is sound. Yeah, that's what we covered last week. Today, it is valid for someone making up a prayer to lead someone praying the current prayer to be led, to be led, and the opposite. It is valid for someone making up a prayer to lead someone praying the current prayer to be led. Yeah, and the opposite. It is not valid for someone praying a supererogatory prayer to lead someone praying an obligatory prayer. Nor for someone to pray dhuhr behind someone praying asr and others. And others like that, other prayers like that. Okay, like mixing up the intention. This is the humbly position. We've already started deconstructing this, Yani, from our side. Okay. We've already said that when it comes to legitimate child, soldier, their, valid, their prayer is valid without putting them through some imtihan and some test, you know, you know uh, asking them some questions about their deen or whatever. The basic default is that they are valid, their prayer is valid, and they should lead the prayer and end up. We don't need to make a drama about that. Um, now we're doing... Yani the, 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 the author is saying that the one who is uh, giving... Uh, the prayer, yani ada, we, we mentioned this last week, that the prayer can be prayed in three ways. Ada, i'ada, and qada. Ada is when you pray once in this right time. 
the i'ada is that when you repeat that prayer a second time in its correct time and then qada which is the third possibility or qaza as obviously as pax call it that action which is done after its time okay so the one who is making up their prayer is what we're speaking about this guy who has a complete different intention because maybe he forgot the prayer or he just you know something happened overslept and now he needs to uh, 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 pray all right now obviously we kind of mentioned this um, I think last week and we spoke about a person that might come to the masjid and he walks in when it's dhuhr time and you know he's now praying behind uh, uh, or rather it's asr time and he hasn't prayed dhuhr our author is saying that this guy can't pray his dhuhr which he has to so if this guy walks into the masjid now it's asr time he hasn't prayed dhuhr we are not going to be saying to, my, uh, uh, to, to this guy that pray asr with these people and then pray dhuhr afterwards problem with that is that you have uh, disrupted the order and order in the day is a condition you can't put one first over the other so therefore we're asking them to do something which the humblies reject which is that when you pray behind this guy you've got to make the intention to pray dhuhr to maintain your order even though they're praying asr and then afterwards you'll pray your salatul asr all right they will reject and uh, we'll go through the evidences because that's what we wanted to do today the evidence is about this argument can you have a different intention when you are praying with another person we want to go for all of them the musafir behind the muqeem the the dhuhr behind the asr the asr behind the dhuhr the maghrib uh, the maghrib uh, issue which is a tough one right uh, and then other uh, applications of this now the hanabila are saying no you can't and our class position is that actually it's going to be uh, okay but we need to def- we need to determine that wala muftaridin la muftaridin bi mutanaffil and also, it is not possible for the one who is uh, 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 doing nafal prayer, meaning a non-obligatory prayer, to lead someone who is doing an obligatory prayer. All right? So, yani he just wants to lead. He's already prayed the prayer already. And the people behind haven't. And so, that's not allowed. Why, Why are they uh, saying that? This is the argument of the Hanabila. This is at the bottom of 255. Understand the evidences because you need to be confident on this. Because us, mostly as Pax, we will never accept this. It's our culture, the Hanafis are, are and that's how, we've been grow, that's how we grew up. And that's the dominant method of the world. So this is not a, what, 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 the, what the Hanabila are saying is in line with the Hanafis. And actually quite a few scholars. Yani they don't accept this difference of niyyah. So you need to understand then, what, why, where are they coming from? The first one is, the statement of the Prophet Right? This hadith, which is from the most authentic hadith uh, that have been narrated in this issue, that indeed the Imam has only been uh, put forward to be followed. He has only been placed to be followed. So do not differ to him. We're going to have a discussion about the Arabic of this word. Which is also different to, for example, if the wording said la taqtalifu anhu, right? This is now uh, trying to break down. What does, does it mean to say la taqtalifu alayhi? So I'll translate it for now. Do not differ to him, right? Do not differ from him. Do not differ. Yani, uh, obviously, if you translate this linguistically, la taqtalifu alayhi could possibly be translated. Don't differ on him, right? But that's obviously not what it means because it makes no sense. So don't differ from him, 
is good enough to work with right now. So that hadith is a very clear hadith. So they said that, وَهَذَا اِخْتِلَافٌ عَلَيْهِ And this is clear that there's a difference here. If the imam is the, doing uh, nafal and you are doing fard, then how big a difference is that? That's a massive difference, right? That's their, that's their argument. They're saying that, um, and so he gives an example. There's a man who wants to pray two raka'a sunnah. And another one comes and he says, أُصَلِّ مَعَكَ الْفَجْرِ فَصَلَّ الْإِمَامِ السُنَّةِ وَصَلَّ الْمَأْمُومِ فَجْرِ نِقُولَ الصلاة الْمَأْمُومِ غَرِ الصَّحِيحَةِ يعني the guy is about to pray fajr, uh, uh, sunnah, sorry. About to pray sunnah. The other guy who comes in wants to pray the fard or fajr. He goes, listen, you just go ahead and pray your sunnah. I'm going to pray behind you. And I'm going to make the intention for my fajr fard. And the Hanabila say that this prayer is invalid. Okay? The second one, the second evidence, we covered this before as well. In this particular situation, so they're not applying this all the time, but in this scenario, the prayer of the one who is being led is higher, more important, and legally I need to be considered higher than the one who's actually leading, which doesn't make any sense. How can the one who is in front leading the show be praying a prayer which is not even obligatory? And so there has to be levels and the one yani, who is leading has got to maintain the highest uh, um, uh, level Not possible yani, for the lower uh, one to lead the higher one Or the higher one to be uh, disqualified to the different one This is the evidence of the author and some of the Hanabila Others from the Hanabila and certainly our class position And a number of scholars and led by Ibn Taymiyyah Who was very uh, vocal on this issue He said the second opinion in this issue Is that the prayer of the praying the, the fard prayer behind the mutanaffil, mutanaffil means the one who's praying nafil, is valid. And the evidences are as follows. Awalan, Nabi the general evidence of the Prophet that says, that the people should be led by the most versed in the book of Allah. That's the base rule. Not whether you are praying fard or whether you're praying nafil or whether you're tall or whether you're short or whether you're ex whether your beard is this, the one who is most knowledgeable in the book of Allah is the one who leads, not whether their prayer is a qada or whether their prayer is X or Y. So that's the criterion that has been led. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi he says, okay, Shaykh Uthameen says, Lam yashtarid siwa dhalik. The Prophet did not precondition anything else when it comes to leading the prayer. This was the precondition. Not that let the most versed of you in the book of Allah lead the prayer and make sure that you're not a traveler. And make sure that you are not praying a different type of nafil or what. This was what he said, and if he wanted to say that, then he would have said that. And then this indicates that if the imam is the best guy for the job and he's praying nafil, then he carries on in praying nafil because he is the most knowledgeable of them in the book of Allah subhanahu wa taala. Second evidence: Muad ibn Jabal radiyallahu anhu. He used to pray with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, salatul isha'a, and this hadith is in uh, uh, Sahih Muslim, and it is Sahih, hadith number uh, 465. And once he would finish the, with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the fard prayer, he would go back to his people who would be delaying their prayer for him to arrive. And then when he would come, then he would establish in their little musalla masjid, salatul isha'a, which he would lead. When he leads that second prayer, he is not praying the fard prayer. He is actually praying for raka'an nafil. He is a mutanaffil, and they are praying behind him as the obligatory prayer according to their intention. 
of course, completely uh, uh, different. So, uh, and what's important, very important, is that the Prophet ﷺ did not criticize that. By the way, if you're thinking the Prophet ﷺ doesn't criticize, he got Mu'adh ibn Jabal and he dealt with him in such a severe way because of another reason. And that was because praying too long. That same prayer, praying too long, upset the people. Imagine the Prophet ﷺ criticized him publicly and said, you are fatan. Yeah, now you are fatan that you're causing fitna amongst the people. So you don't think that he would have said, and why are you doing praying yani, as a nafal? You understand my point? This is an important uh, uh, issue. Um, someone might say, well, maybe the Prophet ﷺ didn't know that. Maybe the Prophet ﷺ didn't know that Mu'ad was doing this, praying with him, yani, uh, the fard, and then praying again as a nafal whilst leading. This is a good question. And the Sheikh Uthameen says that we respond to this from two angles. The first angle is that in كَانَ قَدْ عَلِمَ فَهَذَا هُوَ الْمَطْلُوبُ وَظَاهِرَ أَنْهُ That he should have known and that's required for him to, be, to, to have known the, the Prophet ﷺ and he did know uh, uh, according to what we, what we understand from what is apparent the Prophet ﷺ did know لِأَنَّ مُعَادِ بِنْ جَبَلُ شُكْيَ إِلَى الرَّسُولِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ like I, like I just said, uh, uh, it's not something that you can ignore when they bring forward a case and say, this is the guy who's leading us in prayer. And he knows who's praying with him in the masjid. And he knows who lives with him in the thing. So if he's yani, been told, this is the guy who's leading Isha, what, what is, else is there left to not know? He's praying with him. And he's gone over there. Of course, yani, that situation. Anyway, and Sheikh also... Um, says something interesting, Shaykh Uthameen. He goes, in subhanAllah, he goes, even actually in one of the hadith, and he, he, he said that maybe uh, it's possible that the Prophet ﷺ thought that he's leading him in some sunnah or some taraweeh or whatever, because the man didn't, the, the, the one who complained to the Prophet ﷺ, didn't say in some of the narrations that he was leading us in Isha. Right? He just said that he's leading us and he's praying so long and, you know, whatever. But in actually one narration in Sahih Muslim, that the companion said, "In Mu'adan salla ma'ak al-Isha, thumma ata faftataha bi surat al-Baqarah." Yani, you can't get yani, any clearer than that. He said, "He said he prayed with you, Isha. Then he comes to us and he starts with Baqarah." Yani, so yani, the first point we want to make is that the Prophet ﷺ did know, and it's clear. But that's not how to answer a question. Legally, right? That's just an easy answer. Let's answer it legally. Let's assume that he didn't know. That the Prophet didn't know. Did Allah know or not? Of course he knows. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who sends down this deen. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who's responsible for the people knowing what is right and what is wrong. So when the Prophet ﷺ doesn't know something himself, Allah has to tell him. That's the rule of the system. Because the Prophet ﷺ is directly responsible for the transmission of this religion. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't do anything different yani to the Prophet ﷺ in this process, that means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has accepted this state as it is. فَأَقَرَّهُ وَلَوْ كَانَ هَذَا أَمْرًا لَا يَرْضَاهُ اللَّهُ لَمْ يُقِرُّ عَلَىٰ فِعْلِهِ 
If this was something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not want from the legal system that he has sent down, then he would not have allowed the Prophet to remain in this state in which he does not speak up. We've spoken about that before. The Prophet is obligated to tell the people what is right, what is wrong, what is correct, what is abrogate, what is not abrogated, what is obligatory upon them, what is just good for them, etc., etc., etc. So he, uh, so for example, like for example, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala criticized those people, يَسْتَخْفُونَ بِالْمَعَصِيَةِ Right? Those people who try to uh, hide whilst, whilst they sin. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَسْتَخْفُونَ مِنَ النَّاسِ وَلَا يَسْتَخْفُونَ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَهُوَ مَعَهُمْ إِذْ يُبَيِّتُونَ مَا لَا يَرْضَى مِنَ الْقَوْلِ Right? In Surah An-Nisa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that uh, they hide يعني, from the people, uh, 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 but they can't hide it from Allah. And Allah is with them, إِذْ يُبَيِّتُونَ He is with them when they plot at night, saying things that do not please Him. Alright? They are saying things يعني, as the kuffar do and as the munafiqeen do. They are speaking يعني, their, their true kind of thing. They are hiding it from the people, but they can't hide it from Allah. يعني, uh, what Shaykh Uthameen is trying to make out is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will call out those situations that other people will not be aware of. He will do that and it will happen publicly. Whether it happens by revelation of ayat or whatever. Well, you have this, and it is for this reason. This is يعني, something again we've discussed before. It's for this reason that the companions held the permissibility of coitus interruptus, all right? which is a form of contraception, which is the withdrawal during intercourse, okay? so that there cannot be no possibility of um, uh, pregnancy. Why? This is called al-azl. استدل الصحابة على جواز العزل بأنهم كانوا يفعلونه في أحد النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. Why? Because they would do that, practice that, at the time of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, and the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم did not say anything. Now they didn't say anything because they don't go to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and say this is what we do, right? But they still accepted it because they know that Allah سبحانه وتعالى knows. And if it's something which is unacceptable, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the Prophet and the Prophet then says, this is allowed, this is not allowed. You understand the point there? This is yani, how the legal system uh, works. Um, so, uh, third, how is that third? Uh, yeah, okay, uh, a third evidence. And the Nabi sallallahu This is a very useful point that Sheikh Uthameen says, and I guarantee that the vast majority of you don't know about this. First of all, it refers to a prayer that people obviously are not going to see in their lives most of the time, that's Salat al-Khawf. The prayer of fear, otherwise known as the prayer of war. And it's something which is a very rare situation that you'll get this uh, prayer. Now, those who have studied the Salah, and that will, you know, come out in its right time, it's not ready to come out right now, um, will know that a number of variations have been narrated from the Prophet ﷺ. People mostly know only two. And the reason you only know two is because two vari- uh, versions of it pretty much cover most scenarios. When the enemy is in front of you and they're ready to attack and when the enemy is not in your direction. Right? But there are many other versions. One in one of these versions that are narrated, that, that is the, the, the khawf uh, prayer. This is known as the hadith of Jabir, okay, radiallahu an, um, which has been narrated here by Imam Ahmed. 
um, and narrated by Abu Dawood. The reference in Abu Dawood is 1248 for reference purposes. I always prefer to give the references of uh, Abu Dawood and uh, the Jami of Imam Tirmidhi only because they give numbers, right? The muhakkik of this book, he always, when he gives a, a, a narration according to Imam Ahmed, he mentions it by volume and page, which is not a good way to do referencing because of different yani, publishers and things like that. It's a horrible way. You should stick to uh, numbering. Same time, make it clear that numbering is not perfect either because um, just so that you know, it is a very important, uh, you know, a lot of people think, you know, what a waste of resources in academia where you see people making new tahqiqs all the time you know, of the same book, a new version of the same book, a new version of the same book, you'll find that the effort that they put in actually results in them discovering thousand years later that there, is, there are errors in the uh, classification or that some ahadith are repeats or X, Y, Z, etc., etc., etc. I say that, yani, so that, um, and, and therefore they're beneficial. I say that because man's are off to Cairo International Book Fair and he's going to be bringing many books that he's got already and I don't want anybody hating on that fact because everyone is the latest copy, isn't it? Latest version. Right. Um, so, uh, so, Sheikh, so, what, so what, what he says in one of the versions of the, uh, in the Hadith of Jabir, uh, the uh, uh, fear prayer, the Prophet ﷺ actually prays completely with the first up until the, the like for example if you look at the version of in the Quran in Surah An-Nisa the actual one which is narrated in Surah An-Nisa the most striking thing about that prayer is what? what's the most striking thing about that prayer? sorry? no 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 there is sujood there is, there is sujood Salatul Khawf, by the way, yes? No, no, not Janazah or anything. Salatul Khawf. What's the striking thing? Um, that's a very vague question. Let me say that again. What's the most striking thing about the prayer with respect to two groups being involved? I.e. the Prophet prays with both of them. Okay? In the same prayer. That's the one of the Quran. That's the Quranic version. Right? So the first lot come and they pray, and the Prophet then remain standing, and then they uh, obviously I don't want to confuse folks, this is coming in its right time, but I want you to imagine that the uh, army, we need to keep an eye on the army. So we've got to have a group of the people who are basically keeping an eye on the on the on the situation. And so what we have is that the first group come and the Prophet starts and they pray with him, and then what happens is that the, um, uh, the Prophet ﷺ will then stand up and remain standing and just silent in the second raka'ah, allowing these folks to finish off the prayer. So they finish off individually, that second unit gives salams, they get off. The second group now comes, and they go Allah Akbar behind the Prophet ﷺ. He then starts reciting, right, that second unit. That's their first one. Then when the Prophet ﷺ finishes the sajda and he sits down because he's now prayed too, they all stand up, finish off their second rak'ah and they give salams together. So the key characteristic is that he starts with the first group and he finishes with the second. That's the summary. Starts with the first group, 
finish with a second. In the hadith of Jabir, what's fascinating is that the Prophet ﷺ prayed separately with the first group, completely, started and gave salam with them, and then he prays again a second time with the second group. Evidence, therefore, meaning that the first one is fard, second one is nafal, right? So there's a direct evidence to show that the uh, nafal prayer can lead, guy praying, can lead the one who is not praying Nafal, like the hadith Mu'adh, the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Alright, another, um, uh, so Sheikh says, what if a person says, yeah, okay, but that was because there's a necessity. Yeah? This is the fear prayer. And you know, in the fair prayer, anything, go, anything goes, right? Well, we just said that, that there are other versions of this prayer. And in other versions of this prayer, yani, you can pray without, yani, uh, uh, without this situation. You know, you know what I mean? This was clearly something that's been done to show that it's permissible. There are other ways to pray Salatul Khawf. So it's not a darura to have to pray this particular version. You can pray it the other way, which is a good statement. Then fourth, another evidence. And these are important because as you know, this, this, these evidences, why do we need to take them seriously? Because they actually uh, develop a, a very clear methodology. It's a big methodological difference between us and them. Those who do not pray behind other folks when they're not doing the same prayer and those that do. It's a very significant difference. All right? The fourth evidence. Uh, Amr ibn Salama we covered this hadith before that uh, Amr ibn Salama, he was only six or seven years old when he was leading the salah. When, and that's the fard prayer. Why? Because out of that whole group, he was the one who knew the most Quran. The rest of them literally illiterate, right? And so therefore, they couldn't yani, uh, lead the prayer. He's the one who knows it most. He leads the prayer. We have the hadith in Bukhari. You remember that day, Yani Miskin, he couldn't even afford the clothes. His, under, uh, his uh, 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 private parts were showing. So they got together and they got some cloth and they, you know, and they made him like a jadar kind of thing. And then he would carry on leading uh, them in the salah. So we know very much about this. What's the most important part here? His prayer is no fard prayer. No, no, no six-year-old or seven-year-old can pray a fard prayer because they don't have taklif. When you don't have legal responsibility, there's no such thing as fard or sunnah or ex. You understand what I'm saying? So we have a child who is praying a nothing prayer, actually, leading people in their obligatory prayer. Another clear evidence. Wamin al ma'loom, he says, just to make it clear, that the child has no fard upon them. This is important as well. That it's obvious that a child can't pray fard Therefore he's praying nafal And he was not only allowed to lead the prayer He led the prayer while the Quran is still being revealed Do you understand what I'm trying to say? If the Prophet ﷺ didn't want this He speaks up against it If Allah doesn't want this Allah will reveal something about it Alright Some of the people who follow the first opinion will respond And they will respond like this They will say that the hadith that we quoted is supreme إِنَّمَا جُعِلَ الْإِمَامُ لِيُؤْتَمَّ بِهِ فَلَا تَخْتَلِفُ عَلَيْهِ 
The hadith makes it very clear that the imam has been put forward to be followed, so do not differ from him. That takes precedence to all of these other ahadith, whether it's abrogate them or whether it's dominate them, but this is a hadith that you have to try and make work. And it says very clear that you cannot differ with him. أنهم هم أول من ينقد استدلال بهذا الحديث لأنهم يجوزون أن يصلي الإنسان المؤادة خلف المقضية وهذا اختلاف. Um, um, he, he, he said, I'm just going to uh, 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 just read back to you the Arabic. Sheikh Uthameen said that they, these people, these Hanabila and others, they are the ones, they, they say, no, this hadith has to dominate. Because the Prophet ﷺ said that do not differ from uh, the Imam. And Sheikh Uthameen says, and the irony being that they are the first people who yani, contradict themselves because they're the people who say that the one who is praying qada can lead the guy who's not. Right? Let's re- remind ourselves what the, the position is. وَتَصِحُّ إِمَامُ تَوَالِدِ الزِّنَى وَالْجُنْدِي إِذَا سَلِمَ دِينُهُمَا وَمَنْ يُعَدِّيَ الصَّلَاةِ بِمَنْ يَقْضِيهَا وَأَقْسُهُ لَا مُفْتَرِدٍ بِمُتَنَفِّلٍ It's allowed for a person يعني, to uh, lead if he is an illegitimate child and if he is a, a soldier as long as the deen is good and the one who is praying qada by the one who's not and the one who's not by the one who's praying qada but it's not allowed for the mutanaffil so hold on, hold on, what's going on here? so you've allowed the differences يعني, to occur when the intention is qada and not qada but when you redefine it as nafil and fard then you're saying that's not allowed that's a contradiction you're even contradicting yourselves which is a very strong irrefutable point but he goes anyway let's put that to the side whether you've contradicted yourself or not he goes uh, it's very clear that when you have this hadith, and he goes, we won't run from the hadith. The hadith says very clear what, what it says. But we also have very clear what the Prophet ﷺ did, and we also have very clear what Mu'adh did, which means only one thing, that this hadith must mean something else. You get the point? And this is of course the way of Ahl Sunnah. Always, before they dismiss the other yani, evidences or dismiss an argument, they always try to reconcile. Reconcile, reconcile, reconcile. This is what we call the manhaj of Ahl al-Hadith. Ahl al-Hadith are famous for this manhaj because they are the people of Hadith and they have the ability to be able to use evidences and they always look to reconcile. And it's the people who are weak in their, in their thinking when they immediately apply a very Hadith-centric approach which is to just make things weak, make things weak. You don't need to be going down that way of trying to... Because that, that's what happens normally, right? Normally what will happen is if you have a legal position and it's being threatened by another person's legal position, which is different to yours, then let's go for their hadith, basically. And then we, if we take their hadith out of the equation, then they've got no evidence to rely upon. It's a common sense thing, and by the way, everybody does that. Everybody does that. In fact, one of the greatest works that we have is Shisbu, Nasbur Raya, right? Fi Hadith al-Hidayah. This hadith, this book written by Imam Zaylai, which is flying the flag in defense of the hadith of Hidayah, which is Hidayah is the great book of Fiqh, yani for the Hanafi school. And Hanafis, all their lives, Masakeen, all their lives have been cussed and cussed and cussed. And you lot don't know nothing, and you've got no hadith, and you lot all yani fairy tales. And their whole lives, for centuries, by the way, not just people think that this is something, but years. And then my guy comes along, proper muhaddith, Imam Zayla, Jalaluddin Zaylai, and he goes, well, let's see, <laughs> we'll have a look at this now. And he went into full attack mode. 
So he goes first of all defending his uh, madhab's ahadith as a Hanafi, and then the Shafi's humblies, he said, come on, let's, took all of their hadith, took them apart one by one by one. Yani it's an amazing book, actually. It's an incredible book. So, uh, but that's the normative way, actually, to, you know, to... So what we're saying is that actually the manhaj of Ahl hadith is to before you start making the other evidence weak, see if you can reconcile them. What is the way to reconcile? This word that I said, لا تختلفوا عليه and what should have been said. Yani what Sheikh Uthameen says, that when the Prophet ﷺ said لا تختلفوا عليه, he didn't say لا تختلفوا عنه. Yani in indicating in Arabic a difference between عليه and عنه. Essentially in summary saying that if the Prophet ﷺ said لا تختلفوا عنه, then that would mean don't differ than, from him in any single way. When you say لا تختلفوا عليه, then it means an external difference. It means an external difference. So you shouldn't be, for example, challenging the authority. You know what I mean? By doing something like, I don't know, like what? I don't know. What would an example be? I mean, it could be wild, like you reciting out loud, for example, right? So, you know, he's reading out loud and you're re- reading out loud. This is called al-ikhtilaf, yani you are doing something in difference to what he's doing, breaking yani the mold, breaking the situation, etc., uh, etc. So we know, for example, that when the, 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 the niyyah was changed, so we have one niyyah here and one niyyah there, then that's an ikhtilaf. So clearly that ikhtilaf is allowed, the changing of intention is allowed, but let not the changes be seen on the outside. Let, cha- let changes not be of the manner where you're breaking the confidence of the jama'ah, yani trying to uh, 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 you know, break the authority. All right? Uh, and Sheikh Uthameen says, actually, the Prophet ﷺ him, him himself explained what it means to not differ from the Imam. What did he say? He said, Don't, la takhtalifu alayhi, then the hadith continues, فَإِذَا كَبَّرَ فَكَبِّرُوا وَإِذَا رَكَعَ فَرْكَعُوا Basically, so then when he does takbir, then don't you basically just let me finish Fatiha and carry on for another five seconds. You also say, Allahu Akbar. When he goes for ruku'a, then you also go for ruku'a. And you see that, right? So the person who is, who is, the, what is, the, who is the person that the Prophet ﷺ is prohibiting from uh, doing what they're doing? It's the guy who remains in sajda. You know that guy? That guy. Right? So we're all yani, in tashahud because the Imam has said Allah Akbar. But this guy is so pious, mashallah, got lots of du'as yani, to make. So he carries on, carries on in his special moment. This is prohibited. Right? Because the Prophet ﷺ said, because the Prophet ﷺ, لا تختلف عليه فإذا ركع فركعوا. Right? So don't differ from the Imam. When he makes ruku, go for the uh, ruku there and then. So that's the actual meaning. So therefore, the uh, Sheikh Uthameen says, فَصَارَ الْمُرَادْ بِقَوْلِهِ لَا تَخْتَلِفُ عَلَيْهِ أَيْ فِي الْأَفْعَالِ Therefore, what we can conclude and say to the other side is that when the Prophet ﷺ said, do not differ from your Imam, he meant in action. He meant in action. Okay? And as for their claim that, you know, the person who that prays, should be having the higher kind of status. You can't have the nafal being in front of the fard. It should always be the fard forward. That's the most important yani, thing. So, Sheikh Uthameen says, who is the one who even put this as a principle? Where, who said that this isn't even evidence? Who said that this is even true? 
From where did you get the idea that the one who is praying obligatory has to be in front because there are levels to the prayer. There's classes to the prayer. He goes that the hadith of Amr ibn Salama, the child, is a clear proof that that's not the case. It's permissible for al-adna and yaum al-a'la, for the lesser to lead the higher, a greater, better, whatever you want to. I think So he goes, this principle is not sound. This principle is not sound. He goes, therefore, that's, that's why we said before that the one who is unable to even fulfill the arkan of the prayer, we covered that about a month ago, right? Person who can't stand, for example, person or whatever. If he's the most knowledgeable of the salah, then he leaves the prayer even though he's not fulfilling arkan of the prayer. And we said that the guy who's praying behind him who can fully fulfill the arkan, standing and speaking and whatever it is, right? That the guy at the front can't, he still gets to lead the prayer because he is better in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَقَدْ نَصَّ عَلَى ذَلِكَ الْإِمَامَ أَحْمَدِ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ نَفْسُهُ فَقَالَ إِذَا دَخَلَ وَالْإِمَامَ فِي صَلَةَ رَاوِيحِ He goes, the problem with this being a humbly position is that actually it has been narrated directly from Imam Ahmed. Obviously that's the case in most issues. Imam Ahmed always has a couple of riwayat and you will find yani, something to support you yani, if you look hard enough. So in one of his own opinions, Imam Ahmed has clearly stated that if a person enters, and I think many, many, many of you know about this, enters into the masjid and he got a bit late and the imam is praying taraweeh and you haven't prayed Salatul Isha, then it's allowed for that person to make the niyyah for Isha behind the imam who's praying taraweeh and that will be acceptable. At the end, he stands up, praises two rakah extra, and he's on four behind the guy who's praying nafal. That's Imam Ahmed himself. So not only have we supported this by the evidences, but also there's enough difference within the Hanbali school to be able to say, well, not actually all of the Hanbalis believe this opinion that Imam al-Hajjawi is putting forward. And this is the... Uh, Sheikh says, there's absolutely no doubt that this is the correct opinion in this issue, and it's also the choice of Ibn Taymiyyah as well, and that's what we're going with, and of course it's the class uh, uh, position as well. Um, and then Sheikh then continues uh, by just taking apart the next uh, issue, because uh, The author says, so the one who's praying Asr shouldn't pray behind the one who's praying Dhuhr, uh, and the one who's praying Dhuhr shouldn't pray behind, that, that scenario, that specific scenario, okay? And uh, 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 why are they saying that? For the evidences we said before, the same two evidences, that you can't yani, be praying something which is different and the, in, 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 you can't be different to the imam. What's our evidences? Everything that we just said. All of the evidence that we just said shows that this, something, this is something which is allowed. Okay? Um, yes? Uh, the common sense. I mean, it makes sense. Right? And that's what Sheikh Uthameen challenged. He goes, it might make sense to you, but what's the actual basis for this? It might make logic, yani, that, you know, you're, that what, but where's the actual Islamic evidence? You've got to, when you are establishing an usul, an Islamic principle, you've got to have evidence. You can't just say that's, it's logical because this deen is not based upon logic. Um... I'm sure, I'm sure that someone yani, could go there and justify it from certain things. I'm sure that that's the case. I don't think it would be difficult to find general evidences that would support it. But is there anything direct that it obligates it? No. And that's obviously Sheikh Othamin's uh, point. Um, so, so, 
ولا هذا القول إذا صلى صلاة إذا صلى صلاة أكثر من صلاة الإمام فلا إشكال في المسألة. So for example, Sheikh goes now. Let's look at some applications of this because it's easy to deal with Dhuhr and Asr. Yeah, because they're the same, aren't they? Four units and four units. We've established the principle. It's easy to pray Isha behind a guy who's praying Taraweeh because he's always praying less than you. So you got no problems there. Let's now, you know, put it into real life where the real problems come. So he goes, a person who's praying Isha behind a person who's praying Maghrib. Is there a problem there? Person who's praying Maghrib, leading the Salah, is Maghrib. And we're praying Isha. Is there a problem? No problem. It's as easy as the, as the rest, right? You pray three with the imam, and then when the imam says, Salaamu Alaikum Rahmatullah, you stand up and pray your fourth, all right? Because we've established the, the important thing, that it is allowed to have a different intention to the imam, and now we just got to fix it as best as we can. So he stands up, he prays the, 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 the extra raka'ah. So what about, That's the killer. When you're praying behind the imam, but your prayer is less than what the imam is praying. Right? Because now we've got a problem. Sheikh Uthameen says, we've got a problem. Right? So, he says, a person, That's the, that's the classic. Alright? We've got a person who's praying Isha. We've got a guy who's traveling, arrives at the masjid. Wants to pray his Maghrib and Isha, and he now enters the masjid, and the Imam is praying Isha. So he enters now the Salah. Imam is praying four raka'ah, you're praying three. Sheikh Uthameen says, فَهُنَا إِذَا قَامَ الْإِمَامِ إِلَى رَابِعَةِ الْإِشَاءِ فَالْمَأْمُونَ بَيْنَ أَمْرَيْنِ He goes, if this Imam starts at the beginning, and you catch him in the beginning, then the question will start when the Imam stands up for the fourth. And he goes, he's got two options. He's only got two options. The first option is that he will, um, he will basically separate from the imam. Basically, he will remain seated and finish off. And that's يعني, something which is a mufsida, uh, uh, meaning that uh, invalidates the prayer because he's breaking off from the imam. Right? Or he sticks with the imam. And praise the Maghrib before, and that's also yani invalidator of the prayer. He's basically damned if you do and damned if you don't in this situation. In this situation, of course, because he's decided to join at the beginning. That's important. We'll come back. He doesn't speak about this, but we'll come back to this ourselves. Let's just follow his train of thought. And uh, because obviously, if he adds another rak'ah, then this is then uh, uh, the whole situation is 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 is, is messed up. So he says. فهل هذه السورة تدخل في قول الصحيح الراجع أن اختلاف النية بين الصلاتين لا يضر. He goes that is it possible to use our principle that it's allowed to differ between the prayers in niyyah to try and find ourselves a way out of this? He goes yes, I believe it is. He goes yes, I believe it is. He goes and it also falls into the the stronger opinion of the two that is allowed. Okay. And it's allowed for a person praying Maghrib to pray behind someone who's praying Isha. He goes, this happens a lot. And so if you do catch the Imam in the second raka'ah, so let's say you walked in, yeah, not intentionally missing, but maybe you did, the first raka'ah, 
right, and you join him in the second rak'ah, then you're only going to pray three with the imams four, right? Because he's already prayed one, he's got three left, you only need to pray three for your maghrib, so you'll start in the second and finish with him. Sheikh Uthameen says, that's something which is allowed. This is something which is allowed, no problem. Because he is following the imam and he's giving salam with the imam. He goes, if you join him in the third rak'ah, that's also okay. Because he will pray two with uh, the imam and he stands up at the end, adds a third, jobs are good in. All right? لكن إذا دخل في الأولى فإنه يلزمه إذا قام الإمام إلى الرابع أن يجلس ولا يقوم. He goes, my solution though, if he joins him in the first, is to stay seated when the imam stands up, which is the most horrible sight you've ever seen. It just looks so bad. And and so 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 let's see what Sheikh says to that. The optics of that position is so bad. And if you do that in any kind of Hanafi mosque, you're dead. <laughs> right? I mean, it looks bad even in the most liberal, open-minded of mosques. Right? There's going to be questions. You do that in your local jamia, Hanafi, any Shah Jalal Masjid, or God knows what, yeah? You are dead. You are being, you are, you are finished. Right? So, um, he says, he says, وَلَكِنْ إِذَا جَلَسَ he goes that if he sits down, first of all, let me make it clear what Shaykh Al-Tamin is saying. He goes, you're breaking off from his movement, not from the jama'ah, not yet anyway. So while he goes up, you're breaking off and you're staying down, but you haven't given salam yet. So now the question is asked, when he sits down, does he wait for the imam and give salam with him? Or does he break off, off and give salam himself when he finishes? You get the question, yeah? So, Sheikh says he's, he's got his, it's his choice. He can choose to do either. Because these are unique scenarios. Obviously, he's, he's giving his ijtihad. But look what he says. It's his choice what he wants to do it. But we would prefer that he breaks off, breaks off. And he gives his own... Uh, uh, taslim, right? Uh, because that way will allow him to catch Isha. So he breaks off and quickly stands up, Allahu Akbar, before Imam has gone for Rukua, right? Because that's, what, that's what you're trying to do. Which would have to be some mental quick yani behavior, <laughs> considering my guy is only reciting Fatiha, right? Okay? He's only got Fatiha, you've got yani, all of the Shahud, Allahumma Salli. Little cheeky dua at the end. All right, let's chuck off cheeky dua at the end. Yeah, and he's, let's get the salams in and then leg it quick up. It's a tall ask. Now, of course, that of course is if you consider, and there are some scholars, minority, that consider that the prayer has only been caught if you caught him in the, catch him in the ruqur. The class position is that no, you catch only the reward of that you uh, miss the opportunity to continue with the imam, yani as a as a prayer. If you catch him in, if you don't catch him in rukur, you you get the jama'ah before he gives salam. So you don't have to kill yourself, yani. It just means that you have to stand up and pray for. What you're basically trying to do is to black basically one rakah, isn't it? That's what you're trying to do. 
And so if you don't black one rak'ah and you've got to pray all four, then you pray all four, you know? So anyway, he says, um, yeah, he goes, what if about, what if a person says, what you said, you're saying that the imam's got to be followed and you've just told him openly, blatantly, separate, like blatantly separate. And Sheikh Uthameen says, we only told him that because of a shari excuse. This person has a legal excuse. This is a beautiful statement. This is as good a page that you will cover in Zad al-Mustaqni, okay? In Al-Mumti'a. He said that the breaking off for a valid legal reason is something which is permissible to break off either with legal reason or, um, uh, how can I say, al-udhar uh, al-hissi. Uh, I want to say, how am I going to translate that? I want to say real life practical, but I mean that kind of makes it out like as if he doesn't have, um, like as if that's not an Islamic one. I'll explain it and then you tell me what you think Udhar Hissi means, alright? So, as for the Dalil of Al-Infirad Li'udhar Shari'i, he goes, as for the evidence to allow a person to separate يعني, off for a Shari'i legal reason, then Salatul Khawf, right? Salatul Khawf, because the Fata'ifat Al-Ula, Tusallim Al-Imam Al-Raka'a, Fa'idha Qama Ila Thaniya, so this is the classic version, right? The classic version of Salatul Khawf, the one that's in the Quran. When you have the people praying Salatul Khawf, what do they what do they do? They join as a jama'ah, pray the first rak'ah together. Then the Prophet ﷺ stays standing, and what's their intention then? Those people to separate. The whole group intends to separate, and they finish off the second unit by themselves. How can they do that? When the imam is to be followed, because it is a legal excuse. Legally, you are told to do it. So it exists out there in the. And whenever you're giving a fatwa, that's what you've got to try and do. Find a salaf, find a, uh, a precedent. Once you find a precedent, we can build the fatwa upon that. So it does exist, possibly. And so we will allow this person to do this. Okay? Uh, as for. The uh, I don't even know how to describe um, He goes to the hadith of Mu'ad. So in Mu'ad, what happened is that this guy, he's standing behind Yani Mu'ad, who kicks off Baqarah, and he's proper into Baqarah, not like Yani giving up after page one, page two, and he's going, going, going. And my guy behind him says, "Forget this," and he goes, "Allah Akbar." And so he then does. He separates from the jama'ah, finishes off the prayer himself, and then uh, uh, not only gives salam by himself, leaving Mu'adh where he is still in first rak'ah reciting Baqarah, Satul Isha, by the way, for prayer, then goes to the Prophet ﷺ, puts in an official complaint, and the Prophet ﷺ dealt with it. And when he deals with it, it's so important because there are three key issues here, isn't it? That could be dealt with, as we mentioned two already. And the third one, the first one's obvious, why did you lead so long? And he dealt with him in, that, in, a, in a strong way. He completely dealt with the issue that why are you praying nafal and leading a fard prayer by saying no problem with that. And the third one, completely allowed the person to do what he did. 
You hear what I'm saying? And he allowed this person to, because he said, I broke away, I had to, man. I'm, man's got things to do. That's literally what he said. And that's why the hadith, of course, in the other narrations, is that don't uh, 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 elongate the prayer because behind you is the old one, the da'if one, was the haja, the one who's got things to do. You know, the one who's got a need. So the imams have been warned. And if you don't accept the warning, then don't be crying yani, when man's yani start, you know what I mean, pulling out. So that's basically uh, uh, what's happened uh, here. So what we're calling other hissi. Sheikh says this is an example of other hissi. Yani, this is, um, I've got no idea how to translate that. What kind of excuse is this? Well, but this is what I said, it's obviously it's legitimate. Hissi means to feel and see and real. What's the opposite of legal? He wants to make it a contradistinctive to legal. Yeah, well what else is it going to be? No, no, I don't think it's emotional. No, no, I, 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 realistic? No. I don't think that's yani, the. <laughs> I don't think that's what he's trying to say. Yani, look at this. Look, look, look at this statement. وَدَلِيلُ الْإِنْفِرَادِ لِعُذْرِ الْحِسِّ إِنْفِرَادُ الصَّحَابِ عَنْ مُعَادِ بْنِ جَبَرٍ لِتَطْوِيلِهِ. Yani, the 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 reason. Internal, external. I, I, I want a practical, sensitive. Soraya keeps saying sensitive, yeah, and she keeps saying sensitive. She said sensitive 10 minutes ago. I was just trying to just uh, protect you, uh, Soraya Baji, but I know it's not sensitive. <laughs> it's not sensitive, Baji. You should have taken my silence as protection, but you just you went and killed it now, didn't you? Um, you know, that's, uh, that's got me. You know, I don't know how to... Uh, I want to say circumstantial, right? I want to say circumstantial. That's how I feel that he's trying to make it. But then when I think about it, how is that not legal? How is that not legal? The problem is with all these is that why is it different to a legal excuse? Intuitive or instinctive? Real life. Right, right. Yeah, I think that could be it. Yeah, I think in the moment. I think that's it. Subjective. I think that's it. I think that's the that's the that's the one. I think that's what he's trying to make out because a legal thing it can never be subjective. That's the point. I think well done. See, Hassan, I told you come every week, Yara. So. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think subjective reason. Yeah, and it can be a personal reason. I think also, I think the hissy is now coming now trying to get into the personal. Subjective, I think, is good. Yeah. 
or Maha has thrown her hat into the yang, and I take Maha yani, very seriously, atypical or exceptional? Exceptional. But especially alaqa yani Maha yani between the hissi and the exceptional, or atypical. Is there some linguistic thing that you're you're getting from hissi yani being atypical, exceptional? Because I'm not. Anyway, you get a point, right? Um, so. Yeah, let's do this, right? Let's, let, let, so let's do this, yeah. Let's do all the Maghrib and Isha yani variations. Quick time, because there's like a minute left. You best to quick time just pray your Maghrib and then join Isha. Because that way you'll definitely catch Isha with the Jama'at, whereas the other way, it's very unlikely that you'll catch Isha. So, so wait, wait, wait. You just said one minute left. So like one, one minute left to the Iqama, you mean? Ah, oh, right, right. So, you, okay. Hamza is saying that person comes in um, and... You look up the time table, it's 7.29. Yeah. 7.30. Yeah, 7.30. So, 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 first of all, right, I, I wanted to leave this to the end. Well, we've done this scenario before. Uh, um, how many times? Like, many times. No, so you basically play outside and come inside. Yeah. But, but that's my position. But So we've done it in LP? Yeah. All right, okay. Yeah. I mean, the problem is, is that this opinion, uh, sorry, this issue has no... Um, precedent in happening which doesn't help it will always increase the opinions on what to do and the problem is is that every option you put forward has a problem every option and I told you guys before how this happened to me that that was when I first met Sheikh Muhammad bin Hassan and it was you know as and I was obviously a student then this was in 1990 something yeah and obviously we knew he was a great scholar visiting yeah in Muntada and you know how it is, or, 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 or I think how it should be, is that you always gather your questions. You always have with you your questions. If just in case one day you're going to meet any, you know, the, the, the big player, then when you meet that guy, you're not going to waste your moment. You're going to ask him the big questions. So that was, that was, I think I had two questions. One was some political one that I was carrying around for years, and that, this was the one, right? What's your opinion? I remember it because... Uh, you know, you don't waste your time just on imams, that question. They don't have the ability to answer it. And I remember asking him and he turned and he said to me, there are nine positions in this issue, like straight, tuck, 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 And he just, he nailed all one, all those off, yani, because he's like that, right? So he goes through all nine uh, opinions there. And I go, yeah. <laughs> so I go to him, so which one do you think? He goes, oh, I follow the, the Maliki position. And um, I can't for the life of me remember what the Maliki position was. <laughs> yeah? But it was one of the nine anyway. It was one of the nine. And he didn't leave me any, any, the, the, you know, any, any the wiser. And, but I know that what he did at that moment shaped yani, how definitely I want to uh, approach this. Because what I was not aware of, like if you look at this situation here, I mean, obviously, Sheikh Uthameen, in fairness to him, is only speaking about a version of it. But he, it's like he only gave two scenarios. You've only got two options. But I know that he knows that there's other options, but it feels like there's only two options. When a scholar, and it, like I said, it was very, very important encounter with him. Because what I noticed is that, um, like all good teachers should be, you should put all the situations out in front of a person and not be afraid, because that's the big fear, that you're going to confuse a student, even if they are confused. 
because what they will benefit from the process will make itself up afterwards. He didn't want his, uh, I also benefited from that. I benefited from the fact that he didn't want me to copy him. That also was a, a learning point which stuck with me and has been part of my teaching as well. Um, and I came to my own uh, position. He went with one of them. And some of them are like, you know, I just, like I find what Sheikh Uthameen described as the worst. Even though it has enough Sharia evidence to be entirely valid. Right? Um, I, amongst the opinions that you can use is to pray uh, Isha with the Imam as a nafal and then you pray Maghrib and Isha. For me, this is the safest and the best and the correct position. And even this has a problem, right? Even this doesn't, is not safe of, of whatever. Personally, I know what I do. Why on earth have I chosen this day to become the masjid hero? If I haven't prayed Maghrib, I'm not going to no mosque, giving myself a flipping headache. Sitting there trying to work out all my nine opinions right now. Stay at home, bruv. Pray I need the, the, the Maghrib, pray my Isha. It's one that thing. And I'll make up for it. I'll come the next day. Don't worry. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not trying to black the masjid, but today I'm not coming in. I'm not gonna die on this hill. You know what I'm saying? Now, if I am and this is why the answer to this question, which is why it's such a beautiful masala, can always be answered differently in the correct way. Like, for example, in this masjid. We don't have the option. But in many masajid, you can uh, uh, fix this the, the absolutely fine, which is to pray the Maghrib even while he's praying the Isha. This is why I don't like what you said, right? Because when you, which is an, an, one of the opinions, by the way, this is an exception to the rule of there should be no second prayer when the Imam is praying and, and whatever. No, we say that you're still causing that fitna. People are still seeing you. So pray outside. And by your action outside, even if people see you, they know that you are, there's something else going on here. Right? And if I'm correct, I think that is the Maliki position. I could be wrong, but I think that's the Maliki position. Because uh, another, I was speaking to someone today about this, that um, they, they've just gone and seen... Um, uh, one of the masajid in uh, India, uh, I think Nizamuddin Masjid, and he was shocked by the fact that there was no inside. He's saying that there's no structure. He goes, basically, there's, the first couple of rows is covered, and then the rest of it is just like, you know, all outside. I said, Habibi, this is the majority of every mosque yani, in Southeast Asia. My own father's mosque, every mosque you go to, the, the fundamental aspect of the mosque is the courtyard. People can't A, afford to be covering everything, and B, the weather generally allows yani, for the people to spend most of the time praying outside. The inner veranda of the musalla is minimally, it's not like you know our masajid, which all need to be covered. Now, the reason I mention this point is that you will see in our books of fiqh, Answers which are uh, relevant to the practical cultural realities of that time. Because, it, it, like Masjid Nabawi, I give the example of Masjid Nabawi. Yani in the Uthmani Asal, although now it looks like you know, just a nice little courtyard, that was the actual masjid. It was the majority, the bigger part of the masjid was the external part. And obviously, uh, 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 forget Masjid uh, Uthmani, Masjid Nabawi by the Prophet. When you think of the model of the mosque of the Prophet ﷺ, he covers what? A couple of lines, tops with a little bit of yani, hay and X, Y, Z. The vast majority of the masjid is a big open space. It's as outside as it gets, right? Little cheeky bit yani, at the back for Ahl Sufa. Then the Qibla changes. So now we get the bigger portion at the back that was being used as a home for Ahl Sufa. 
and then the back now is a bit smaller, and then the next iteration of the extension of the masjid, he extends the roof. But they can't afford to be covering all of it, and why would you? Bit of fresh air, bit of this, that, whatever is boiling anyway. So you'll find, therefore, then in Masail or fiqh answers, they will say, pray in a courtyard. They actually quote the courtyard because it's just assumed every masjid has a courtyard. So this is why I say that when it comes to fiqh, you have to make it relevant to that era, time, and so on. There is no courtyard in the UK. I mean, there are certain masjids now that you have like an a initial uh, entrance point which has an area of salah. And almost exclusively Hanafi mosques, by the way, because of that Fajr situation. Because they always come in and they're late and they know that people don't like you any of that, but they are of the opinion that you've got to pray your sunnah, whatever happens, never are you allowed to pray your sunnah afterwards. Even if the imam is on to second raka'ah, even if the imam is in tashahud or fajr, you've still got to pray your sunnah first. So to minimize that, they kind of do that separate area outside. You know what I'm saying? Like a pseudo courtyard. And that's in a completely covered thing. So it's just, as I said, interesting uh, 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 situation. So, I mean, practically there are so many options. There is to pray Isha as an Isha and then pray, then Maghrib and then Isha again. But the Isha, the first one, has to be written up as some just like a Nafal non-prayer. And then you do the two in order. There's this what you've just seen, which is there is one opinion which says that you, you pray with the Imam, the four, but you only assume that you've done three, which is as weak as it gets. There is another one where you pray five and you consider the oddness of the five to be close to the Maghrib all in order to protect it. you got this opinion that Sheikh Uthameen said, which is, this was the opinion of Sheikh Al-Albani, of course. Yeah, this was the famous opinion, and all of his followers used to do that in big ways. You know, they used to do it intentionally, to make a scene. They would, that's, that's when people don't have fiqh, and they think that, you know, you take a fiqh position and make it a politics. They would walk into university, I remember it, in Ambrose. Oh my God, they would come as a big group of people, and do it like en masse. Like 15 people just sit down, Whatever. You know, to make a... It was horrible, right? Um, and then I said, you got praying outside separately. Then you've, you've got all different kinds of... Uh, uh, you've got, you got, uh, you got some scholars that said that uh, in this situation, order is not a requirement. So pray the Isha and pray Maghrib afterwards. Right? And because it, there's no evidence that you need to maintain order when the time period has gone. The order is only relevant when you're in the time period, which is an interesting argument, yani, whatever. Maha says that the reason that I used atypical, exceptional, versus the term subjective, because it has already been validated, because it has already been validated by our Prophet, by our Prophet Therefore, we do not want to give room for questioning debate. Subjective leaves room for feelings, opinions. However, the proper English has come from you. She's way too polite, that's the problem. Yeah. Um, do we go with subjective, or do we go with uh, exceptional? Psychological. Psychological excuse. Yani, does that mean that psychological doesn't have any legal basis? That's the problem. Whereas subjective, huh? I don't know. Psychological is closer to subjective than exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with subjective. I think we, I, I, I'm okay with that. All right, then to finish this section off then, um, he goes, what do you say? That, he goes, what if a person says, what do you say about a person who's a musafir who prays behind an imam 
who is local, muqim, praying for. Do you allow my guy to pray two behind thing and get off? So the first two rakah, I'm done. I'm praying I need two dhuhr. Why am I praying four behind me, you know, next man? And I'm getting off. And Sheikh says, no, we do not allow that. Person says that. Do you want to allow it ever? No. Why not? Yeah. And the Imam is praying four, so you're going to basically leave him halfway. So the Imam is going to carry on praying four, and because you are Musafir praying two, you're going to leave him halfway? You're going to just say, I'm going now, I'll just give salams here, little cheeky, any whatever? Um, maybe. Maybe. Wow, you sick guy. So Sheikh Uthameen goes, No, we don't allow that. Then she go, he goes, So he goes, No, we don't allow that. He goes, But then they'll say, well, what's the difference then between this situation and the situation just allowed the Ani to occur? The difference between the Maghrib and the, uh, the, the guy praying Maghrib behind a person, Isha. He goes, huh? Al-Farq bainahuma zahir. He goes, it's very clear what the difference is between the two. Because when you are following a person in a four-unit prayer, okay, uh, that is a clear legal yeah, any reality when a person's present, right? That's something which is possible. Whereas to make Maghrib four is just not legally possible. Yeah, and to pray for a person for who prays two to continue to make it four is possible because, first of all, to do qasr is not obligatory. Second, dhuhr is actually four. He's praying dhuhr, isn't he? Which has been halved for his convenience. But it's actually four. Maghrib is never four. In actual fact, just a reminder, guys, that when the hadith of... Uh, many people don't know this, by the way. Where does Qasr... Have we done Qasr yet? Yeah, we've done the Qasr of Salah. We've done that when? And, we, and then we've increased the four. When did we do that? I don't think we have. Bro, I know you know. The question is, is that you know from Fiqh Salah. Have we done it in LP? Okay, I, I'll test. Bro, we've got peoples here, all right? Have you guys ever heard, or in LP, that the original prayer is the half of the prayer? So, Dhuhr is two, Asr is two, Isha is two. That's the original default state. Now, what do we think? We think that, obviously, the prayer is four and four, and then it was halved for the Musafir. Right? What's Mesa said? Are you going up against Mesa, bro? Brave man, Yani, will go up against Mesa. We said that Asr of the Salah was revealed as 222 and then it was increased to 4. That's been stated within the verse. Now it's on. Because Mesa ain't going to let that go. And neither should she. Bro, you're not getting much of anything. Bro, you know, Bilal, I trust that guy with my life when it comes to LP, bro. Alright? Jeeva just told you straight what I just told you. You took that from Fiqh Salah. You didn't take it from this class. Anyway, anyway, there's some big players by the way there. You guys, from bro, the world is being covered right now. We've got Birmingham. I mean, obviously that's not a normal part of the world. But, Jeeva, <laughs> yeah, what, a, what a downgrade, Yanni, from Odom to <laughs> Birmingham, Bachari. Can you imagine she was living the life in Emirates and then she ended up in Birmingham? Bachari, wallahi, yani, why you ain't gone to you before? Miskina. Right. Anyway, 
So this is a hadith Aisha, very interesting. Because she said that the prayers were always two, 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 and Maghrib was three. And then they were increased, but they were left in their original state for the traveler, except for Maghrib, because Maghrib is always three. That's her statement. Something like that. So, so, um, so what I'm trying to say is that Dhuhr is always yani, in its natural state, 2, 4, 2, 4, it can go back. What's Maghrib going to be? It can't ever be other, anything other than 3. So this is yani, not the same. وَعَلَى هَذَا فَنَقُولُ That if a person is doing Qasr behind a person who is leading the prayer as 4, the situation that he now faces is that he has to follow the Imam. And in following the Imam, he actually ends up praying dhuhr in a correct way as well, which is why he must carry on and follow the imam. That's basically his... Uh, 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 he, he says, and to follow the imam and complete with the imam is not something which is haram. Okay? It's not something which is haram. It's not like a person who prays maghrib into four units. Right? It's not someone who prays maghrib as four or makes fajr four. And it's clear what the difference between them is there. فَمَنْ صَلَّ مَعَ الْإِمَامِ الْمُقِيمِ وَهُمْ مُسَافِرِ فَعَلَيْهِ يُتِمَّ السَّوَاءٌ أَدْرَقَ الصَّلَاةِ مِنْ أَوَّلِهَا أَمْ فِي أَثْنَائِهَا لِإِمُومُ قَوْلِهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم أَدْرَقْتُمْ فَصَلُّوا وَمَا فَاتُكُمْ فَأَتِمُّوا He says that a person who is a musafir, then what he must do is that he must complete the prayer whether he catches it from the beginning, and this is the key part here of course, or halfway as well, because the halfway argument is an argument. Sheikh Bulid holds that opinion, by the way. He said that if a person came in the third raka'ah of Dhuhr as a musafir, then he can pray yani, two units and stay with that. Obviously, very little yani, uh, support. It's a brave opinion to hold, but whatever. And Sheikh Uthameen is saying that, no, you have to uh, uh, stand up and complete the prayer because of this hadith. مَا أَدْرَكْتُمْ وَمَا فَاتَكُمْ Whatever you've caught, Pray it, whatever you've missed, complete it. And they hear the completing is based upon what the Imam is praying as opposed to the person. They'll argue back and say, what's the evidence that this is to do with the Imam's original prayer? And then we'll argue back and say, because the original Imam is the one that's meant to be followed according to their intention, the response is going to always be a good one. I've always had a soft spot for Sheikh Wali's opinion because you never know what the Imam is. You have no idea. I mean, now, when he says that, we know that that's not true. When you walk into a masjid, you know 99% of the time yani what the imam is praying because it's a masjid, right? But I don't have a problem following his opinion, as we said before, if you go into one of the road stop masjids, the musallas, yeah? Because when you go into a musalla, your assumption is that this guy is a musafir as well because they don't have regular jamaats. Now, if he stands up for thingy, obviously your heart breaks and you carry on, yeah? But if he carries on, then you're like, sick guy. I've stood behind the Imam who is a Musafir. I'm, I'm giving salam to my guy. Right? Is what it is. All right. And then I'll, I'll, I'll just finish off this uh, last uh, point and then we can take questions. He goes, the final point that I want to mention is something that Sheikh Islam mentioned, Ibn Taymiyyah. But he goes, I have a problem with it. I don't like it. And he mentioned the example that if a person is leading Salatul Janazah, this is a good one. And a person comes late to the masjid and the person is praying Salatul Janazah. For Shaykh Islam, 
allows a person to enter behind him. Okay? And to take the intention of following him. And he follows the Imam in the takbir. وَلَكِنْ لَا رُقُوءُ وَلَا سُجُودُ فِي صَلَاةُ الْجَنَازَةِ فَإِذَا سَلْمَ الْإِمَامِ مِنْ صَلَاةِ الْجَنَازَةِ فَإِنَّهُ يُتِمُّ صَلَاتُهُ وَذَلِكَ لِأَنَّ الْمُصَلِّي عَلَى الْجَنَازِ يُصَلِّ صَلَاةً تُخَالِفُ صَلَاةِ الْمَأْمُومِ فِي الْأَفْعَالِ وَصِفَةِ وَلِذَلِكَ كَانَ الْقَلْبِ فِي شَيْءٍ مِنْ هَذَا الْقَوْلِ So Ibn Taymiyyah said that a person is allowed to enter into the Allahu Akbar of the janazah prayer, ignore the rest of the takbirat, ignore the fact that there's no ruku' whatever, just yani, him recite Fatiha, Surah, X, Y, Z, wait for them to leave, and then when he goes, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, he just carries on praying. That's Ibn Taymiyyah's position. Shaykh Uthameen says, I find it's very difficult because this person, because you are praying behind a guy who your whole prayer is completely different. Not just your intention, but your actions and your, your, the description, the form, the X, like everything, he goes. It's so different, it's not, it's not even true. So, that's that. All right, Allah knows best. Let's do some, uh, let's catch up on questions. Let's catch up on thinking. Yes, Hamza, you are very patient. Yallah. Answered it. That's right, I did. Yep. So in the scenario, Mother Bishop scenario you mentioned, yeah, um, if you enter and at the start, and assuming you don't want to be killed in the Hajj Masjid, yeah, it's a kind of cold situation, ironically, isn't it? Yeah? You don't want to sit down. So are, is it better, are you allowed, sorry, to intentionally wait and join in the second regard? Intentionally. So that's actually one of the opinions. <coughs> that's one of the opinions that you kind of, you know, Hang around for a bit, just take that bit longer to you know, take your shoes off, you know, fluff around, whatever. I mean, I, personally, I don't like it at all, no. But I can't reject it. It's the, the matter is a matter of ijtihad, all of it has some kind of basis. All of it has some kind of, you know, it's a position of madness, really. Yes, Heba. Right, yeah. A half argument is an argument. Yeah, it's a half argument is only a half argument. Hiba, you're right. Why did I say it's a full argument? Why did I say it's a full? Did I say that? A half argument is a full argument. A half argument is an argument. What I meant, Hiba, is a half argument is in brackets half, close brackets argument. You know, like when you read it, you don't speak out the brackets. You know what I'm saying, Heba? Yeah. No. Oh. Shallow. Nice try. Would it be permissible to leave the Uthman prayer if the Imam is doing that to say, as long as the Uthman was half an hour or 40 minutes and you get the Would it be permissible to leave the Uthman prayer? 100%. 100%. It's not obligatory in the first place. And my guy taking liberties, yeah, and he, you know, whatever. 100%. 100%. Um, Zara says, is there any other examples of other hissi? Yes, there are. I, I, I should have mentioned that. Um, uh, she asked a good question. Zara asked the question, she says, are there any examples other than what happened in the hadith? Yani, can we use this, is her point. Can we make anything of this? What well, we just did with the witter situation. Someone's praying witter and he's going on off on one with his dua, right? We play that, right? Um, so Sheikh Uthameen, I didn't read this out and I don't know why I didn't read it out, but he says, if something happens to a person in his prayer, yeah, and he, uh, that, um, 
basically anything that happens to a person in the prayer that will make the situation bad if he continues with the imam. So for example, a person bursts in to go to the toilet and he can't hold it back anymore. He just can't hold it back anymore. Uh, uh, whatever. Then it's allowed for him to. And uh, when is it not allowed? It's not allowed illa uh, kunta la He goes, the only time it's not allowed is when there is no actual benefit achieved by you leaving. I.e. when a person is praying a short prayer not elongating it, it's never going to be allowed for you to break from that prayer. The only time that you are allowed to break from the prayer is if you have a genuine reason to break from it. That reason doesn't need to be justified by all kinds of scientific yani, facts and test results and my doctor's prescription and whatever. You make the, the judgment called, but it's got to be a reason that is related to him carrying on, the imam. Yeah? Uh, yeah, so it's allowed, yeah. What is the class position on joining Janazah Salah with the intention of a Salah? That's, I'm not down with that at all. Zakumullah khair. That's not the class position at all. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's allowed. I think it's allowed to pray the Fajr prayer behind the Eid prayer. Yeah. Saqib uh, says, what's the official Shafi'i and Maliki positions on praying an obligatory salah behind the Imam who is praying a voluntary salah? I do not know the Malikiyah, the Shafi'i allows it. The Shafi'i allow it, but I don't know the Malikiyah. I've covered it, but I can't remember it. Any other questions, folks? Do we have anyone further down? Shafi'i, have a quick look, yeah? Yeah, go on. Yes. Yes, yes. The clock. The, the, the class position is that you must maintain order and that you should not uh, change the structure physically of the prayer. All right? And so what that basically takes out is these, these opinions, <coughs> even though it's valid, because all of them have some kind of basis. Just like Sheikh Uthameen defended for the sake of necessity, praying yani, in this way, the, the, the truth is, is that a person would likewise have the evidence uh, to pray separately and we say that he's not gone against the, uh, the, uh, the prohibition of going against the imam because he has a legal excuse. You know? They all have yani, some kind of you know, positions, whatever. Based on the class position, we are saying that a khatib that has to give a khutbah twice can lead both prayers, one being fard and the second nafal. Yani, permissible, not something that I like and don't want to be any... Holding myself yeah, any accountable to that, but yeah, it's allowed. Hassan. If a group of travelers are doing some act, and one normal guy comes along, yeah. do they have to now be seated? No, no, no. The same rule applies from the last couple of months now. The one who's most uh, thingy in the, in the uh, versed in the book of Allah is the one who leads, and the rest uh, uh, act accordingly. And so if you're a local, you've got to stand up and pray two more, and whatever. Now, I'll just because this is like now the end of congregation because we start a new chapter next week, okay, in terms of the actual prayer line and stuff. I'll say that um, when it comes to uh, this, because a lot of people, they, uh, uh, they kind of put the traveler forward. They think that there's some hadith that, that, that mean that the traveler should lead or that the traveler shouldn't pray more than what they've been given as a concession. There's no basis for that whatsoever. But I do accept that there is a little bit of kind of 
pragmatism and common sense that should be applied that some scholars will say absolutely not there's no such thing as saying something pragmatic and the Quran and Sunnah suggest something else and by that I mean when every single person there is a local and you're the only guy there's 500 people and you're the only guy and you're going to lead the prayer and everyone's going to stand up you're just going to have this kind of just a madness going on yani, right and that can really not that can confuse folks and whatever so I, I think it's okay to at certain times choose a person based upon his status but it shouldn't be like unparmon yani, when there's a scholar there for example and Allah knows best alright barakallahu feekum subhanakallahumma bihamdika shahadu an la ilaha illa ant astaghfirukallahumma wa atubu alaykum wa assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh